Welcome to A Good Word for Today. A Good Word for Today is the audio ministry of Lutheran Church of the Resurrection in Cocoa Beach, Florida. Here we share sermon audio, Q&As, and other audio to help you in your faith journey. Today we have a special guest speaker, Pastor Berger, will be sharing about the ministry of food for the poor. Let's go ahead and join the service already in progress with the gospel reading with Pastor Marge and a message from Pastor Berger. I'm going to invite you to stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. And today's gospel is taken from the sixth chapter of Mark. King Herod of the disciples preaching, heard of the disciples preaching, for Jesus' name had become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason, these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah. And others said, it is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod himself had sent men who arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him. But she could not, for Herod feared John knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and for the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, "'Ask me for whatever you wish.' And I will give it. And he solemnly swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you, even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? She replied, The head of John the baptizer. Immediately she rushed back in to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was deeply grieved. Yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. In Atlanta, Florida, as an interim pastor, so I kind of understand a little bit of what you're doing. I've been doing that for a couple of years, and um, so I have one foot in one place and one in the other when I go out once a month for food for the poor. So I understand where you are, and I understand some transitions and uh, what you're doing and the griefs you could be going through and what is happening. So. Let's, let's share a prayer in thinking about this. Heavenly Father, all that has been is always a prelude to what can be. You are the God of life and love and power and presence. You are the one who empowers us to be your body here and now. You call us to new challenges. You call us 
to new awakenings of things that are in ourselves. Awaken us to your call, and thank you for your confidence in us. In your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. I think basically, in looking at transition times, there are some important things that I look at. When I travel, we're food for the poor. It's a wonderful little church that is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, of St. James. And they had a phrase that started, and it says, St. James, where everyone is someone and Jesus is Lord. I've appropriated that. That sounds so much better than stealing, doesn't it? I've appropriated that for the congregation where I'm working. Isn't that really the truth? What we need to do is to remember that, that tandem. Everybody's got to be somebody. You're valued. You're valued to God. We have to make a community where you are valued here. You bring gifts unique to yourself and therefore indispensable to Resurrection Lutheran Church. Always say, never count yourself down. Because if you do, then you count out what God is doing through you. Don't play it down. You have gifts. However, remembering that also, but Jesus is Lord. What does Jesus call us to do? What does Jesus call us to be? One, I've said it all right, create a community where people are encouraged to come, can share, can worship, can be with each other, bear one of those burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, as Galatians kind of tells us, so that we can be a legitimate community. Legitimate community. How do we do that? I think it really starts where we begin. You know, every time we start a worship service, go in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're really going back to a moment in our own history that I would like to share with you again. Oops, I think they put it away. All right, you have great imaginations. I have a bowl of water here. It really begins when I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then, I'm going to go to Pastor Marching. There's a wonderful moment to just dip your finger in the water. You are marked with the sign of the cross and sealed with the life of the Christ forever. Birthmark. A friend of mine, gone too soon, was my guru, her brokering, talked about us walking wet. It never goes away. Think about this also. It's when we look at our liturgy. You know, there'll come a time when God doesn't make us stand, stay here forever. And over that casket we'll say, we trust your body to the ground, dust to dust, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, but only in the sure and the certain hope to the resurrection of eternal life, which is ours through our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When we walk out of here at the end of our worship service, we remember it is that in Christ we live, move, and have our being always. Powerful moment.
Thank you, Marge, for making sure I got light. I was going to have trouble if I didn't. <laughs> You're kind. In the time of baptism, candles light it. I want you to think about something. It's a script for our lives that is said, quoting out of Matthew, comes, let your light, your light, so shine before others that they see your good works and, you know the rest of it, give glory to who? Your Father who's in heaven. That's the script. If we live all our lives in that. The other very symbolic power of this is this candle lets light, but it can only give light by giving itself away. You know, greater love has no one than to lay down his life for his friends, says Jesus. And he says this at the last, at the communion. But also think about this. I pray very much we will not have to give in a violent kind of way as did John the Baptist. This is a tough gospel, by the way. Let's look for good news. But when you give your life, your time, your care, your compassion, you know, you had an hour ago, you don't get it back. How'd you give it away? Was it worth the time? You don't get it back. When we sacrifice, the whole understanding of being in the faith is knowing that God has given us life so that we can share it in a sacrificing way. And as we do that, we understand what God is about working through us. That's it. That's why Resurrection Lutheran Church is here. That's why Jesus established the church that we can be his body here and now, his presence here and now. Love one another as I have loved you, says Jesus. Great commandment. The Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And I think we make disciples in the going, as people see who they are. Who are these people, as the book of Acts says? Who are these people? What is this all about? How can they be caring about one another in such a way that they sacrifice themselves for each other and even for their enemy, and for those who are most vulnerable and can't do anything back for them. And Jesus takes it one more step. Matthew 25, very powerful, isn't it? He talks about, whenever you do this for any one of the least of these, my children, you've done it for who? I know, I see you. You've done it for who? Me. So our actions are carrying a compassion are living out our baptism where Jesus says we matter and we matter to the world around us. In your time of transition here, I listened to online and I heard Bill Bond. Now, I've got, I've got to say, if I had that name, I would love it. Bond. William Bond. You know, you know, just not that bill stuff. That wouldn't work for me. But anyway, I listened, and I see your charts. I know your challenges. We've come through the pandemic. What are we? What are the economic challenges that you have? 
What are the economic resources that you have? What are you looking to try to see if someone can come and you can have them be a part of it? I know those are all your challenges. And I also know that I'm coming to you with food for the poor, and I'm going to actually put some things out and ask you if you can make room for the most people who have the most difficulty, the poorest of the poor. Food for the Poor, since 1982, has been working with the Caribbean area. We first started with Jamaica, then we went over to Haiti, and Haiti is all over the map right now, and I'll, I'll come back into that. But we have, but in that time, we've become the largest relief and development organization that's allowed to fun that is functioning out of uh, the United States. Cocoa Beach uh, is where we are. The location is down the line just a little bit. God's blessed us. God has blessed us since 1982. Now, who are we? Well, it's interdenominational. It really is. You know that John 17 passage that um, Jesus is praying? He says, I pray, Lord, that they may be one so the world will know that you and I are one. Well, in Food for the Poor, we're Roman Catholic, uh, ELCA Lutheran, Missouri Lutheran. You thought the Age of Miracles was over, didn't you? Episcopalians and Anglicans, hey, United Church of Christ, Methodists, all of us, trying to reach in to some of the most difficult people, some of the people who are having the difficult time. And Haiti, I'm going to kind of come to that one a little bit today with you. You've been reading everything that's been going on, haven't you? You've seen the assassinations and what's happening. And I guess when violence is happening, as our gospel lesson, when violence happens, those who are most innocent are destroyed. It's often been said, when the elephants fight, it's the grass that dies, right? Food for the Poor since 1982 has been in Haiti. We feed approximately 50,000 people every single day. But we're relief and development. Relief and development. Give a man a fish, you know, he eats for a day. Teach them how to fish, eats for a lifetime. We really push a lot of development. However, right now, because Haiti is what it is, we really have to go into relief package hard. Let me tell you a story about this. The gangs have gone on to the thoroughfares and highways. By the way, you know how the gangs got there? The gangs were because they were here in the United States. People were deported who were a part of gangs and went into, the middle, into Central America, and, and we transported our gang problem. That's how it happened. We took it off of our shores and put it there, and it comes back to haunt us. That's really what's going on. So, the gangs are all over the streets, and they are trying to ransom or get out whatever happens, and we were trying to get food down into some of the areas that have been about almost a month and where people used to be able to sustain themselves, a lot of that has been breaking down, so we have to more and more. And we were given a couple more hundred tons of rice from Taiwan and brought it down. Now, we're trying to get it there. Can't get it by. Our trucks are being shot at. We have over 400 people at Food for the Poor who work full-time in Haiti. We are the behemoth on doing this. If you want to make sure that you're 
your funds get to help people, in, and there are a lot of people who come and ask you, and there are a lot of great people out there, but I'm going to tell you that because we have the history, and we have the finances, and we have the expertise, this is a fine way to get things done. We were trying to get this down. When Elsa blew in, and my mom used to say it's an ill wind that blows no good, it sort of blew the, um, some of the gangs off the streets. So we had a convoy of 12 40-foot trucks with rice and commodities and things, and we were able to get through without being shot at too much. Enough to get through. Thank you, Jesus. That's what we can do. Ten cents can feed someone through food for the poor. It's, it is rice, it is beans, it's a bit of tilapia usually, or, or chicken. Beef's not something we could do. That's too expensive. But we can keep people alive. And even in the midst of all of the difficulties, I want to tell you last year we built over 100 homes in Haiti alone. And a home, about $4,800. It's a two-room, it's a roof that will withstand 125-mile-an-hour winds. The strappings are there. We can do it. And every time we put a family into a home, we lift them out of poverty. Think about this. If the rains are coming down, and all you can dodge this from that, you know how rains are here in the semi-tropics and in the tropical areas, and you're trying to sleep or trying to go to school, how can you concentrate? How, when we can put a roof over a person's head, when we can put a lock on the door so that people don't have to, to run, if you don't have any locks, think about this. Somebody's got to stay there to keep any of the products or any things that you have because they'll be ransacked. As soon as we can put a key into a lock and people can put their possessions, you start to lift a family out of poverty. The other thing that is very powerful, if you have children, and that's always what happens, children then come to our schools. Schools are not free in this area of the world. But by having a home, then your child comes. It was a few years back. We really haven't done any, any trips down to uh, Haiti for a while because it's been too dangerous, to be very frank. But our 400 people are still there. But when I had a chance to be there, which was about four, almost five years ago now, we were building these homes, and we built them out of concrete. And they were building in kind of rows, and some were occupied, and some were about to be occupied. We were going through the homes where no one was yet in them because, well, we got all of Haiti on our feet. <laughs> you know, it, and you just don't want to drag it into people's homes. So we're going through there, but I'll never forget this, and the picture is just emblazoned in my mind. There was a little boy, and the little boy was standing out in what was the porch area, and he was dressed in his school uniform. You know, very proud of that. He's got a little kitten in his arms, one who's been cared for wants to care for. And he was there, and he just wanted us to come to the house, and we're going, ah, uh, you know. And our leaders, well, no, no. And then his mother came out, yes, please come, please come, please come. She's got her broom, but she wants us to see how their life has changed. What has happened? Because they have a lock on the door and a roof in their head. And a child in school? 
and food, and they can work. And we come in, it's solid. It's concrete block. And we came in, and there was a bookshelf. A little boy wanted to show me his books. He wanted to show me his math books. He knew more math than I'm good. I'm, I'm good at stewardship, not good at math. Anyway, but he's there, and I'm just watching him, seeing the hope, seeing the care. I don't know where he is right now, but I know tough times don't last, but tough people do. I think we're putting a toughness and a faith factor into a lot of people because of generosity of those of us who have been privileged to be here in this. Do you ever just think about it? What is the gift of being the spark of life that is you and me here as opposed to the spark of life that becomes Maria in Haiti? And what do we, how are we who are blessed to be a blessing? How can we really use these marvelous gifts and so fulfill the law of Christ? And that's what I'm inviting you to be a part of. Whatever gift you can give, I promise you. You know, if you'd like to go online and see some things, we're transparent, uh, we're efficient, we're effective. Uh, go online. You know, we're, our rate of, I, I don't know exactly what it is right now. I'm honest to Pete, I used to go out a lot for food for the poor. This is my second time out in a year and a half. <laughs> I'm a little rusty. But we can, our overhead at this point is about 10 cents on a dollar. About that. We try to get it there. We really do. Go online. There's envelopes you got online. Call. Talk. They'll love to talk to you. And if you can, be generous with this. Every dime that you send, everything saves a life. It really does. Whatever you can do to share in this way. And I, I know, trying to create a community here at Resurrection, there are some financial gifts that you must assume. And I'm going to ask you, on Jesus' behalf, to reach out to the most vulnerable around us. And I'm going to say that Jesus thinks that's important. And the last thing I'd like to do with you is I'll be at the back door. You can kind of see I'm here. And I'm, I'll be the one lying across the door, step over me to get out. No pressure. No. Truthfully, though, look at it, what it is. Go online if you'd so like. Do diligence. But if you'd like to give that gift to me, I'll make sure that it gets there and it'll start saving lives instantaneously. And it's important. Last thing I'd like to do with you. little imagination. Use your Christian imagination. You don't have, don't have to go very far. Just close your eyes. Please don't fall asleep, okay? I'd like you to look out. In front of you, you're going to see hillsides and just people sitting there in picnic-style eating. And you hear this murmur of people enjoying each other's company being sustained. And every so often, one or so will kind of look at you and just nod. And you nod that back in appreciation. And then your eyes go to the center of this community. And somehow, 
you start to see someone slowly standing up. And he's got a hood over his head. And you watch and you concentrate. And all of a sudden, he just pushes back the hood. He pushes it back. And he surveys the crowd. And he comes and he locks eyes with you. And he looks into your eyes, into your heart, into your soul. And you know who it is. And he looks at you and he says your name. Come to the kingdom that I have prepared for you before the beginning of time. Because, and his hands sweep across the crowd there, when I was hungry, it was you. It was you who gave me food. And all God's people said together, Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Berger. What a great message and a great opportunity to help the least among us. Thank you again for joining us on A Good Word for Today. For more information about Lutheran Church of the Resurrection, you can visit us at GoResurrection.com or to give to the Ministries of Resurrection, you can go to GoResurrection.com slash give.